0: I invite you, if you have your Bible, or if you brought smartphone, a Bible app on your phone, to turn with me to the book of Colossians, chapter 1, beginning in verse 15. Colossians chapter 1, reading verses 15 through 20. This is the word of the living God. The church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Let's go to him once again in prayer. Father God, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth. Father, we ask that you will do a wondrous work in each of us tonight. Father, lift us up into the heavens. Help us to see Christ in all that he is. Father, may we see our need of Christ and may we receive Christ. Father, I ask that you will be glorified through the preaching of your word. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Christmas is a wonderful time each year. For many, Jesus' birth is told nativity scenes are put up everywhere. They're in light displays. They're in a lot of people's homes. There is living nativities. Jesus being born, placed in a manger, is spoken of in plays. It's sung about in the Christmas songs. It is a perfect opportunity to tell the story of the gospel. This is no ordinary baby. This is no ordinary birth. And personally, I love Christmas time. It is actually my favorite holidays, my favorite time of the year. I have so many memories of Christmas from growing up and the memories that Christian and I, the kids as a family that that we've made. In our home over the years, we have found lots of nativities and we put up lots of nativities now all over the house. A Savior is born. There's focus on Christ at Christmas that honestly just isn't there The rest of the year, except maybe Easter. And that is where Christmas ought to lead us. Christmas ought to lead us to Easter. But we need to go further, even than that. Christmas is not about putting all of our attention on a baby in a manger. And it's really not about what the baby does when he's older either. That would still not get to what really makes Christmas so incredibly special. It wouldn't get to the meaning of Christmas. To tell of a baby who grows up and dies for others is a neat story. It's a great story. It is a true story. But there's something more special about Christmas. Our family got a new ornament for our tree this year. And on it, it says, a Savior is born. We think Christmas, right? Surrounding those words on that ornament, it's like a plaque. Surrounding those words is a crown of thorns. And we think Easter. Jesus on the cross, and yet we would somehow miss what this is if we did not consider not just his birth, nor his work on the cross, but spend time thinking and pondering who he is. Who is it that was born in Bethlehem? Who came in the flesh to die for sinners? Every year here at Redeemer, we take the four Sundays leading up to Christmas, what's known as the Advent season, and we focus on the coming of Christ. This year's theme has been the long unexpected. It's a player of words on that first song that we sang tonight. We know that the coming of Christ was planned long ago. For a long time, God's people expected a Messiah. They expected a rescue. They knew all about the Messiah coming. They knew a Savior would come for his people. But who he was, in essence, how he came, what he did, was not expected. And many missed him. And I don't want that for you tonight. I don't want you to miss Christ. I want you to know who he is, who it is that we celebrate, and who we've been singing about tonight, and who we put our hope in. The Apostle Paul tells us in Colossians that I read right before the passage, if you look at a couple of verses right before. You'll see, Paul tells us that he is the beloved Son of God the Father. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Not begotten. He is begotten. Not created. He is begotten. The Son puts form to the invisible God. Meaning, God is spirit. We don't look at God the way we look at other people. The fact that Christ is the image of the invisible God says that he is divine. God is who he is. That makes Christ divine. He's everything that God is. So when you think of God, think of Jesus. When you think of Jesus, know you're thinking of God. This is who Jesus is. And then Paul gives us this awesome list to describe Jesus in our passage. He is the firstborn over all creation. Firstborn meaning that he's over it all, he ranks first. Verse 16 explains that. He's not created, he's the creator. He's first in rank. Paul says he's the keeper of. Of everything. He's the head of the church. He's the firstborn from the dead. And in Christ is the fullness of God. All that God is, everything you read about in the scriptures, all of his attributes, all of his excellencies, the glory of God is the glory of Jesus. Christ is one awesome. Being, He is so magnificent that this world was created by him, for him. Everything exists for Christ. Paul says he's the image of God. That means he's not a reflection of God like a mirror. Paul says the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him the one lying in the manger on christmas day that is god lying there he did not stop being god when he came this is god in the flesh jesus is also described in the passages preeminent maybe your translation says supreme the supremacy of christ this means that christ is first In everything. If Christ was receiving a trophy, he'd get first place in everything. In Christ's trophy room, there sits the entire world. Imagine a room, Christ's trophy room, and there sits the earth up on a shelf, high up and among the rest. But not just the earth, there's more. His glory fills that room. Everything that Christ is. Is glorious. You and I only know of God's glory in relation to this world. There's so much more of him. He is over everything. He is the greatest. It will take the rest of eternity to take in all of Christ's glory. This is not true of us. Now, many of us have trophies, Many of us display our awards maybe on a shelf or on a wall. Maybe there's someone among us even who has their own trophy room. But no one compares to Christ. He is so awesome that even the rulers of the world were created for his pleasure. He's over them all. He holds everything together and everything is under him. Nothing measures up to Christ. This is truly God incarnate. You see, Christmas is not about the infancy of Christ. It's about His deity. It's about Christ being God. The fact that He came in a miracle birth of a virgin proves, it shows that He is in fact God. Only God can do this. Paul continues and tells us, why this awesome god came into his own creation god took on flesh to reconcile sinners to himself making peace with them by the blood of his cross the way that god deals with the long horrible history in this world of sin is by going to the cross and shedding his blood this is the gospel And it's the gospel that's at the center of Christmas. That God became a man to save sinners who can't save themselves. It's not enough at Christmas to celebrate the baby in the manger. It's not enough to know that the baby would go to the cross for sin. When you begin to understand who it is lying in the manger, and who died for you on the cross, then you begin to understand Christmas. The nativity scene has eternal significance. The infinite God becoming finite for the forgiveness of sin, to bring peace. The only way for peace to be made between God and sinners is for there to be a death, God says. But not only does Jesus bring peace between God and his creation, he brings and he establishes, he confirms forever a reconciliation. There's a coming together, there's a restoration of a relationship between God and his creation. For that to happen, there must be a way for finite sinners to be united to an infinite God and a death doesn't do that. Paul tells us that Jesus Christ is not only the firstborn of all creation, he's the firstborn from the dead. He's resurrected from the dead. The birth of Christ and the blood of Christ on the cross have significance Because he rose from the grave. He rose from death. He overcame it. He now lives forever. And he gives that eternal life that he has to sinners who receive him as their savior, as their Lord through faith. That same life and power that he has as the eternal God, he gives to those who believe in him. The only one who can give this life that lasts forever is God. No one else. This is unexpected. That God would come to save his own creation through himself. We can have life after death because the fullness of God in Christ. A life of peace because he came for you. You see, your and my fundamental problem, our fundamental issue in this life is that in us and in everything else in this finite world, it's full of sin and it will end. There's nothing you can do about the sin in your own heart. There's nothing you can do about the sin in the world. You cannot eradicate sin in yourself, in others, or in anything. And this world is dying. This world will come to an end. Life as we know it will cease. And God will not have sin go on forever. Part of his gospel that he's planned is to have a new life with those he's reconciled to himself. One day, those with faith who truly trust in Christ will rise from the dead just like him. He will save his people from their sins and they will enjoy everlasting peace with God. The way we all begin in this life is separated from God. We all come into this world full of sin and separated from God with no peace in us or between us and others or between us and God. Our sin has put us at odds with God. But what was done on the cross by the only one who could ever do it was the forgiveness of sin. That which separates us has been atoned for on the cross of Calvary. It happened so that you can, on this very night, be reconciled to Him. The birth, the cross, and your salvation has been made possible by God. This Christmas, see the babe as the incarnate deity. You were made to see Christmas as God coming to reconcile you to himself. In just a moment, we will sing Silent Night. In the middle of it, we will light our candles from the Christ candle And it's to signify His light spreading throughout all the world, His peace coming to sinners who seek forgiveness. Tonight is the night for which we have been waiting all Advent season for. We have gathered as a people longing for a Savior and know this night our Savior has come. He has come to bring peace, to forgive, and to love. The light of the world has come. God in the flesh reconciling us to himself.